Welcome to another edition of Midweek Menches on the Lauer After Hours family of podcasts. Matt Santini, Mayor of Cartersville, running point tonight. And my brand new look, my new, yeah, look, everybody listening to the podcast. I'm a new El Gallo Pipo t-shirt, courtesy of our friends at Guillermo Mafia. Tonight, we're joined by Schweitz, Ali, and Mark. So, Mark, welcome as a guest mensch this evening. Hey, thank you. Glad Delight to be here. Gench. Delightful to have you along with uh, Allie. Good evening to you and or hello to you and hello to Schweitz. Let's get right into it. Uh, it was a busy week for the show. A lot of good content. And Schweitz, why don't you kick us off? Well, my favorite moment this week was Darren Ravel's uh, sound clip about him defending uh, the accusation of being racist by explaining his collection of civil rights memorabilia and saying he has over nine autographs. Um, I just thought that was ridiculous and out of touch and just wanted to see how everyone else thought about that. Now, I will say, I don't necessarily think it's weird to collect historical items. It's just weird to bring it up on Martin Luther King Day to defend yourself, right? Like uh, owning that type of stuff, like, you know, people own all kinds of like autograph checks of like JFK, things like that are somewhat interesting, but to be, to bring that up on MLK Day as I have black friends and I'm not racist because of it is just completely out of touch. And he's just not all there. I think we can agree. Like he's, there's something there that's not clicking for him and he gets dunked on constantly online. So it's, it's very funny. It's just, he's not all there. Agreed. It's just, yes, the, just the day to do it and how to do it. There's yeah. I have no problem with like I collect stuff. My mom, you know, my family has, bunch of weird collections nobody really minds it's just how you present them and how you uh use it to explain yourself Allie, thoughts so darren rovell fan i don't even know if there is such a thing as a darren rovell fan but yeah i was just completely blown away that cards like signed autographed cards were actually a thing that people wanted to collect instead of like maybe pushing that stuff towards a museum of some sort like not really holding it for your own personal collection. That's more of what I thought that stuff was kind of for to like preserve history. So other people can see it rather than you. It's it's just not necessarily my cup of tea, but it also got me thinking between all of us, what's the weirdest thing you've collected that you might be judged for? Well, that's good. Before we get to that, that's a great question. And while everybody else is thinking, I will say that's exactly where I was with this. Um, certainly if there's some interesting or historic memorabilia that you have, you know, it's one thing to have it sitting in a drawer somewhere to where you you're for your own personal enjoyment or admiration, but for something like that, you would, like you said, I kind of tend to agree with you. It should be somewhere to where people can see it. Uh, to where it could be on display so that people can learn again. That was the one thing I learned from this, that there were <laughs> literally race cards that, uh, that were out there. And, uh, and again, so we got a little bit smarter from his, from his little rant or we deepened the, the breadth of knowledge a little bit, but again, I don't, I think it would, if it were in the public interest or if he were at the forefront of sharing this thing to museums or going to schools and teaching about it, that's one thing other than just having it in the, in his living room. Mark, well, you got a follow-up thought? That's the key point that I think you got. That was a good point is that he's doing it to make money, right? He's not, he says he does it because he loves history, but all his collections are ultimately to make money. And he brags about the value going up. Like that's, 
at the least, at least is very uh, tasteless and at worst something else. So um, I think that's a key point to bring up is yeah, he's doing it to make money, which is kind of weird. So I used to work with museums um, about 10 years ago, uh, just all over the U S and Canada. And you can still be the collector and the owner and loan it to museums. You can, you know, give it to different places to study. I will also say that the uh, two 20th century figures um, that litigate the most are Martin Luther King Jr.'s family and Albert Einstein's estate. Uh, as far as um, having things or using their likenesses or names, uh, incredibly expensive compared to you know someone like Amelia Earhart's estate or or something like that. I did I did learn that they're about ten times as much for uh, various reasons. But well, Ali, to follow up on your question, the oddest things that you've collected, I would have to say, uh, obviously being in public office, I've collected. I don't know how odd it is, but some of it's a little bit narcissistic, I guess. You can you could think of it that way. Letters from senators or from statewide officials or federal officials that have written me letters about something with Cartersville. Um, the city puts out a calendar every year. I, I keep a copy of that. Not so much for me. I mean, and, that, and again, that's sticking in a drawer. I don't know that any museum would want that anyway. But, you know, just maybe down the road, a grandchild or someday when I'm gone, if my kid's digging through something, um, you know, they, they might stumble across this and see something that was fairly interesting to them. I, I certainly don't think, like I said, I don't think any memoirs or any publications coming on anything I've done, but that's again, some Never of it's know. a little bit self-serving. Never know. No, that's cool. I, I was always pretty typical of baseball cards, comics in the mid nineties and, you know, uh, then, you know, video games and old video games, things like that. And then I went through all my comics. This is probably 10 years ago. And all but one was worth less than what I paid for it. And, you know, they only cost $2. Like literally all of them were like a dollar with shipping on eBay. So like I basically wasted like thousands of dollars of my parents' money. Same with my baseball cards. Nothing was worth anything. All stuff is all of a sudden, but now it's pretty typical. No, nothing weird, unfortunately. I wish I did. Schweitz, you got anything? Uh, I used to collect hats when I was little. So I just have, you know, every time we go somewhere, I just get a hat, just lined sort of our basement with them, uh, made a few rings around the basement. Um, my grandmother had a few massive collections. She collected uh, spoons. So if you go to like gift shop and stuff, a lot of times you see like a little spoon um, that's engraved. She had, I mean, hundreds of those. Uh, she, or my mother collects Mickey Mouse memorabilia, coding her office. She looks crazy. And, uh, my mother also collects like little ceramic shoes and she has thousands of them. And we have, uh, been given directions for many years about what to do when she dies and how to donate them and keep them together and not sell them off, even though they're worth a lot of money. Uh, going back, you saw me and I'll rattle this. So we've got a little bit of audio with it. I've got, um, coins from many some of the different countries that i've been to so I, I keep for whatever reason i've got a bag of foreign money in my desk drawer i don't know that it's worth anything but that, that, I, I think that that fits that classifies in the odd category doesn't it ali say so one of the odd things i have is i have a funko pop of khabib Nurmagomedov, 
which is worth a little bit of money now because he's retired. But I also have, which I think might be odd just because I still have it, is I have a Joe DiMaggio baseball card in like perfect condition. And my husband and I keep talking like, hey, we, we got to trade this in. There is no reason for us to have it. Like it's in our stack of all our other baseball cards and its own little special thing. It's probably worth a lot of money, but we're like, eh, maybe we'll keep it. That's kind of cool to have, but we could also have, you know, six figures of money off a piece of paper. That's pretty good. Well, if we're going with things that are of like that, that may be of value actually in my office, I have, I'll see if I can turn this without absolutely destroying that right there. Uh, There, that, that picture of Bobby Cox was actually drawn by an artist by the name of Steve Penley, who's a rather famous artist. And uh, that's, that's not a painting of his, but it is a print of what was uh, done for Bobby Cox when he retired. Steve Penley is a, uh, the museums that I'm somewhat affiliated with have, um, basically that has Steve Penley's brush strokes on it even though it's a print. And then I, there's only, there are only three of those in existence. And I got Bobby Cox's when I met Bobby, I got him to actually sign that. So it's got Steve Penley's brush marks on it and Bobby Cox's autograph on it. So that's that's, it's rather unique and uh, it's probably worth a little something, but it's not going anywhere. It's staying with me. All right. Allie, do you have any topics tonight? Yeah, so I was intrigued about the conversation today about the tuna fish in the trunk and Mike's dad turning it into the grocery store. One, I didn't know people did that, that you just turn stuff back. You just return stuff to the grocery store. I've never done that. I never assumed you could do it. I didn't know that was a thing. If there's something wrong, I just throw it away. I didn't know you could just return items like that. So I was wondering if you guys have ever been in that situation where you've had to return an item to a grocery store. Yes, this that was very weird. I'm like, how is he making money? Because he's buying it and then he's returning it, but they must give you without a receipt. It must be a thing. I found that weird. I, returning food in general, I think, is a relatively new thing in my state. Like, they used to not even allow it. Um, but now you can. But I was very confused because I've never even thought of this scam of all scams. So here, people just return cans from out of state. That's the scam, like the Seinfeld episode where they haul in a mail truck full of cans because we're a 10 cent deposit here in Michigan. But that's the grocery store scam here, not returning food off BOGOs. But I've never even heard of that. And I'm tricky. I I don't really like returning things. Um, You know, I'll give you an example. My truck battery was dead about three weeks ago. And for whatever reason, I couldn't use my wife's car to jump it off. That's that's a little bit of a longer story. I do know how to jump off a car. Um, But I went to the I went to the AutoZone or whatever the place and. I got one of those portable battery chargers, you know, the things that'll jump off your car. So bought it. It was about $80, brought it home, jumped off my truck. And I was like, well, you know, I really don't need this anymore, but I've used it for the purpose that I would have had to use it for. I know a lot of people would have returned it back to the, to the store when they went to get their new battery. And I'm like, no, I just, I'm, I'm not that guy. Can't do it. So, um, I will tell you my wife overbought. We're, doing some care packages for uh, my daughter's wedding that's coming up in April. And she overbought uh, Motrin was one of the things that we were Advil or one of those things. And so she, again, accidentally bought twice as much as we needed. And so she was trying to return it and they were like, Nope, we'll credit you, but we don't want it back. And it's like, yeah, medicine. I don't think that they want to get that back. Somebody may have tampered with it. So, 
but no tuna fish. I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I would love to have a video or a, or a photograph of that trunk of that car, just packed with tuna fish cans. The visual of that would be just golden. I was thinking too, if he gets in an accident or something and it just, you know, destroys half those cans, just how much of a mess and how smelly that would be. It could ruin him financially. One accident, if you lose all the tuna. That's true. My dad does do one cheap thing where he, there's a place called Harbor Freight here, which is like basically a hardware store, but it's a chain. Is that everywhere? Are they everywhere? And they used to have. We've got one in Cartersville. It's almost like it's a discount uh, tool shop. Very interesting place. He used to have a free flashlight with any purchase but he learned that you can buy literally one single razor blade for 17 cents and get a flashlight for free and he would on vacation or not vacation but they go down south for the winter and every day he rides his bike to harbor freight buys 17 cents gets a free flashlight or a, uh one of those things for measuring batteries or I forget what it's called regardless we have this flashlight he has hundreds of flashlights from harbor freight because he has his free coupon, which is almost the same thing. I mean, uh, old men, this is what happens to them, I think. They just become cheap. Uh, I can I can attest to that. I think I'm getting there. Schweitz, what do you have to add to that? So I worked with a, a guy who was renovating his house, and he wanted to do custom paint. So we went to the hardware store, had them mix up a custom, I think, blue color. You know, left, came right back, said, oh, this is, we decided something else returned it for you know full price knew that they were going to put it now on the discount rack because it's a custom color his wife came right in behind him grabbed it for half price so that was the scam he was running to paint his whole house uh, that's pretty bad mm, yeah I, i'm just a big believer that if you do something like that it's going to come back and get you like if you're going through the drive-thru and they give you too much money back or you know somebody messes up with the change you got to make sure that you you make it right because if not, it's going to hit you double somewhere else. Yeah. Sorry. Just mm-mm. Mark, what uh, tickled your fancy on the show this week? Well, uh, I'm a Mike Ryan fan. Um, and just the, 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 the heel turn, the, 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 and that people are mad at him that they don't understand. He's doing a bit again. Like he's just being corporate Michael, but another just kind of where he doesn't want to shave his head. And people are like legit mad at him about this and don't understand that he's kidding. It's just, to me, it's amazing that's happening again, that people don't get it and don't find it. And they don't find it funny for one. I think it's hilarious. Um, so that's what's, especially today on uh, what day is it? Wednesday uh, was excellent. His performance at the end, yelling at everybody. It just, that just is my, one of my favorite things. All right. So in any comedy, there's a thread of truth to it is there any part of this where there is a thread of truth relative to his, uh, to his contract to, uh, and again, I still don't think just for the record, I don't think he should have to do the fine bomb thing. I just think that's too intrusive into your life as a human being to have to follow through on something like that. But at some of the points he brings up, I don't know what his real contract status is. Dan's playing it up to, do you think there's any thread to of truth to some of the, things that he's bringing up i'm i'm sure there is i i don't think it's a joke that he's not under contract i'm sure they are trying to figure it out i think there's a zero percent chance he leaves um and i've messaged him and said do not shave your head like you don't have to like it's like when someone buys you a shot at the bar like a terrible shot one with like mayo in it and you're like well you have to take it i bought you a shot I'm like no i don't i don't want to like this is not a bet for money it's it only affects him just don't do it and then who cares like it was over the top 
way, I mean, they'll look like a moron when you're on, when you're a public figure for months. I'm like, this is way over the top. He's like, you know, trying to grow as a personality. Like you're just going to look terrible for six months when you're, you know, young and trying to get more jobs and other podcasts. Like, don't do it. It's, it's I, just, I just I just like to say being bald does not necessarily look terrible. Uh, bald doesn't. Speak on uh, behalf I'm of bald. many people on this podcast. Bald on Mike Ryan would look horrible. It would. I am <laughs> well, team. Don't I, cut I, it. I think you should just get a bald cap. That just, actually, you know. that's what I was going to say. You know, Mike Sure. I'm 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 sure Mike Sure has access to some really good Hollywood people, and I and actually that's how I hope this ends, Mark. As I hope that that he shows up one day with it. I mean, just with it, with that look. And then maybe at the end or the next day, he comes back and he's, and he's back to normal. It's like, Oh, well that oh, grew back sure. real fast. I made such a big deal out of this. And my hair grew back real quick. Sponsored by Keith. Good, good dismount. Absolutely. Or they just get a, they just get a toupee and they shave that. Well, I think they should have something. Cause didn't he dress as Pitbull one time for the grit of death? Something like that and he he was bald for something i can't remember if it was a pitbull uh grit of death or what but i feel like he has so many workarounds with this that i don't think he should cut it he should never get it given but what i'm curious about is how he's managing all these blocks because he's blocking some people just for the fun of it is he going to actually remember this many people of this person's actually legit nice i'm going to unblock them kind of thing or is just like oh that sucks. I'm gonna have to create a burner and follow nope. up now. To me, this is the thread of truth today that when as Mark was saying, when he was on this this rant of his, and I, I'm sorry it's gonna sound cocky, but I don't put a lot of stuff online. I'm I'm actually more active on Twitter than I am on Facebook or Instagram. For this simple reason of the people that know me that are friends with me, they have access to what my opinion is. And the people that don't know more, you just know some version of me or some elected official version of me. You don't get to know what I think about certain things. You know, if you know me, we can have that discussion, but you don't, you have access to me as a public figure, but you don't have access to, to what my friends have access to. And so I think in Mike's kind of rant, he kind of talked about it. He's like, look, this is my opinion. You know, it's, it's a privilege to be able, and I'm not saying it's a privilege to know me. But I'm saying that that thought process, I really kind of bought into that because I, I kind of follow it to some degree. Sure. And I, it's, and it can, I mean, I, I, again, this is a bit, but it's, it's, it is funny. Like if you block a random dude, whether they're a fan or not, who cares? But he's blocking at this point, Ryan Cortez. He's blocked, was it Lewis, the video guy? Gojo. Uh, Gojo. DraftKings. Kings. <laughs> our friend. So he'll have to do with some actual cleanup here, but. I mean, if you're, there are way too many people in his mentions who are like legit mad and legit obnoxious, like that don't get the joke. And I think some people deserve to stay blocked, put it that way. Well, and um, I guess Flem was blocked and he's obnoxious too. So he deserves it. I hope he but he's it. turned it into something good because now he has bootlegs. He has Mike Ryan bootlegs, which is a hilarious thing. Keep going, Flem. We're rooting for you. He is. Is. Don't get your burner blocked. Flem is so creative. And I do, I do think he's, I, I give him a hard time all the time, but he's, he's very creative in that regard. All right. Let me tell you a couple of things that I got going on. Greg Cody. Greg, 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 Greg. 
you do not want the smoke that comes from messing with Dominique Foxworth. You know, last week we had the topic about who do you want to have see more of on the show? And we talked about Roy Dominique the very next day jumped on and I went, Oh my gosh, how did we not mention him? Dominique came off the top rope. The one thing I was wishing they would get to today with more with uh, Dominique, he mentioned at the end that he's got beef with witty and, and Chris doesn't know anything about it. There was kind of a cliffhanger the last time. And I'm, I'm hoping we get kind of to the bottom of what his problem with winning him is, but the fact that he's got in his crosshairs, Greg Cody right now uh, is, is golden. And Greg tried to come back today and they're just, no, no, he, he just needs to, he's to be like a turtle and get in his shell and get away from that. Any thoughts on that? Apparently not. That's great. I was waiting for someone else to go. No, uh, <laughs> this, I put on Twitter earlier, but this was an all time performance from start to finish out of him, uh, out of breath at the start. You can hear him laboring as he's trying to speak mad at everybody. Um, you know, it, he, he's my favorite part of the show outside the normal shipping painter and Dan Stu. Um, he just makes me happy when I hear him and just unhinged today, yelling at random Twitter eggs. I think one of them was Fleming. I'm actually to bring it back to him. Um, just amazing today how mad he was and, and really, and having no idea what was actually said about him, which is even better. He has no idea the context. He just knows that Dominique said something, didn't bother to listen to it. It was a two minute rant, but just didn't listen to it. But was still mad. It's just wonderful today. Yes, that, that was my favorite part was when, when they realized that he had not actually listened to it. He had just seen a poll with his name on it on the timeline. And yeah, what a just what a what a wonderful reaction. Because Dominique's not wrong either. <laughs> but but yeah, there's some love truth, Greg for it. truth. You know, truth and everything. There's some truth to him thinking Greg is lazy and entitled. Like that's not a bit. I mean, it is, but it isn't. That's there's well, on the fact that Greg has decided he, and I don't know if this is a bit on his part. I, I don't think it's a bit, but you know, the retiring of back in my day and how he's not going to do that anymore. I'm like, come on now. Just it's no, we want our, we, we want our back in my day. And the funny thing is, is people thought it's the one thing that people really look forward to that he makes. And he doesn't want to give the crowd that and I don't, I don't get it. Um, but I, and I don't know if you listen, I'm going to transition into one other thing and I'll, I'll ask you about this. I, do you do, if you don't listen to the Greg Cody show, he's actually very good. And of course, uh, Chris is on there as well as is our good Fred Yeti Blanc. And they actually had a show this week where they stole a topic from one of Chris's friends. Who's got a podcast, Allie, you're nodding. Cause I'm guessing you listened to the, to the Greg Cody show. Yes. I listened to it this week. And the topic was greatest sitcom characters of all time. And so they each kind of ended up having like a Mount Rushmore ish kind of thing about everybody got to do their picks. Now uh, in that was um, a number of people that you would, that would just come off the top of your head, but they did leave some people out. I don't want to go through the people that they did have on the list. I'm going to give you the people that they left off the list that might be a little bit more obscure, obscure. They did not list Gilligan a.k.a. Bob Denver from Gilligan's Island. All right. uh, they did not have Barney Fife from the Andy Griffith show. They did have Gomer Pyle. They did not have Fred Sanford from Sanford and Son, Red Fox. Uh, Eddie Haskell from Leave it to Beaver. I know these are very old, and uh, I'm skewing to the old age group. Mr. Ed was always one of my favorites. I don't know that Mr. Ed really classifies because it was just a voice of a horse. 
and then one of my my dark uh, dark horse candidates, not to play off Mister Ed, but Bill Mc, the character Bill McNeil, which was Phil Hartman from the uh, sitcom News Radio, and I was I'm just a huge Phil Hartman fan, and it's gone far too soon, and anything Phil Hartman did would make me smile, and so I wanted to include him in that list. But I was wondering as we've gone through this, some of your favorite. Of course, Dwight Schrute was uh, was one of the, you know, I think he was one of the unanimous choices amongst everybody on there. It was a really good topic and a, and a fun discussion. So I'm wondering what are some of your favorite sitcom characters? By the way, Michael Keaton from Family Ties was not on anybody's list either. I, I thought, I'm sure this was on the list, even though I didn't listen, but I, I'm a George Costanza man um, and Ralph from The Simpsons. Those are my favorite two. And then uh, Hank Hill. I'm a Hank Hill guy, too from um, um, King of the Hill, of course. Of course. Of course. It took me a second to think of the name, even though it's, his name's in the name. <laughs> no, I know it's recency bias, but uh, Danny Tanner was my favorite. So it's like, I feel like my generation, I feel like Chris Cody kind of slacked in that area when it came to like the late 80s, early 90s sitcoms because there was no Danny Tanner. There was no Urkel. There was no uh, Carlton no um anybody from cheers i would have picked norm from cheers but you could pick a vast amount of people from the show cheers Cliff. and jonah ryan from veep yeah Timothy Simons. uh yeah my i will say mine i will laugh at anything jason manzoukas does so raffy in the league um he has small roles on like parks and rec he shows up in tons of things he's a voice actor on big mouth uh, anytime he's on the screen, I'm most likely laughing. Ron Swanson, I think, made it on a couple of people's list too. Going to the yes, Ron made it, yeah, but they didn't really they didn't consider Amy Poehler or Leslie Nope or anything like that. Just Ron, and Can the only the lady that made it was Lucille Ball too. So that's right. No, no females. Yeah, Lucille Ball is the only lady that made it made it through. Females do better, be funnier. Thanks for having me. I just randomly we saw ap- the link. We appreciate you jumping on. I, I sent it out to the the group chat, and Mark was the first one in we we're actually joined by royalty i feel by having you with us so thank you uh for that right. what's the what's the weather like up in michigan uh cold it's 15 degrees i think it's gonna be negative uh this week and next so that should be fun well schweitz that i mean that's t-shirt weather up there in canada right that's not- uh, we got about two feet of snow dumped on us, which is uh very irregular we don't usually get that much at once so uh yeah it's it's been cold. <laughs> Very good. And Allie, you got you got slammed with some uh, winter weather this week, didn't you? Yeah, and I'm getting some ice right now, but I forgot to run out and get my milk and bread, so I'm not going to be able to make milk sandwiches tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's a shame. We only got a dusting down here in Cartersville. We're right on the cusp to the east of us. Uh, there was massive amounts of snow, and I mean, when I say massive, I mean like two inches. But uh, we're in the south, and uh, we'll be playing golf this time next week. So there's a there's a good trade off for everything. So that's going to wrap it up for this uh, week's edition of Midweek Benches. Allie, how can people find you online? At Allie Dawson fourteen. Schweitz, what about you? You can find me at George Center. Thank you, and Mark, what about yourself? At Levitar Show Fan. And again, thank you, Mark, for joining us. And thank you for tuning in. A reminder, check out all the other Lauer After Hours properties. We've got Post Post Game. We've got Laughter the Club. We've got Senate Meh. 
We've got a whole lot of other things. And of course, make sure you go to shop.loweraftershours.com for all of your show merchandise. Also check out Guillermo Mafia for uh, the latest, the, the El Gallo Pipo shirt that uh, I got this week and I absolutely love. So until next time, this has been Midweek Mentions. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Lower After Hours. You can always reach us on Twitter at Lower After Hours or Instagram at Lower After Hours. We're available wherever you get podcasts, so don't forget to download, subscribe, review, and rate five stars.